So our keynote speaker, inshallah, for this event or this session, bi'idni ta'ala, is Imam Siraj Wahaj. Imam Siraj, mashallah, he's the Imam of Masjid al-Taqwa in Brooklyn, but you know, I kind of feel bad for the brothers and sisters at Masjid al-Taqwa because mashallah, it seems like Imam Siraj is everywhere. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve him and reward him and elevate him bi'idnihi ta'ala. Uh, I was mentioning that there is not a community in the United States of America, and I will say particularly our community, uh, that is not indebted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first and to our brother, our Shaykh, our Imam Siraj Wahaj for all of the efforts that he has done uh, throughout the years, mashallah, and continues to do in sickness and in health. Uh, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve his health and elevate him. Uh, and, and I will be quiet now to allow Imam Siraj to address us. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah. Ashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahtahu la sharika lah. Ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu rasulu amma ba'd. My uh, respected brothers and sisters, it gives me a great pleasure to address you this afternoon for a few moments. Someone once said that the most important knowledge you can have is the knowledge of yourself. Although I agree that the knowledge of self is critical, but the most important knowledge you can ever have is the knowledge of Allah. Who are we? Human beings are very complex. They're not simple. When I was in the third grade, they taught us a song that I never forgot. Would you like for me to sing it to you now? It's not going to happen. <laughs> but the song went something like this. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. So this afternoon I want to take a few moments getting to know us. You have come here for this great conference to learn about the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So much he has taught us. I like to do three things for a few minutes. Number one, of course, you should love the Prophet. You should. He is so huge that he gave us an admonition. He said, Kama Atrat and Nasar ibn Maryam. 
ان انا ان انا ما ام انا ان ما انا عبده فقولوا عبد الله ورسوله do not exaggerate your praise on me like the christians did with jesus i am only god's servant so therefore say the servant of allah and his messenger he said about himself peace and blessing be upon him innama ana bashar innama ana bashar i want to let you know um i am a nightmare for camera people you know why i'm a nightmare i never stand still see nobody's there right now see some will be off camera because i like walking around in the audience brother yusuf please come to the courtyard and everyone knows that whenever imam siraj give a talk don't sit in the front row because if you sit in the front row i'm going to do something to you i ask you a question young man hasan if i say you better not go nowhere you know why next minute i'm going to be over here see i'm watching him as he do look watch him look at see i ain't going to do nothing now listen I'm going to say something in Arabic. If a person say ana bashar I'm a human. I'm going to give you the mic and I want you to say what that mean to you. I am a human. What does that mean to you? It means that I have the same qualities that the prophet may peace be upon him have. and we all have them qualities as human beings good i'm a human okay so uh, brother hasan answered uh, i think more correctly but uh, i would say that as human allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us uh, reasoning he's given us the ability to to talk to express ourselves and that's what that distinguishes us from the animals good one more this young man here huh don't give me the mic i don't know the answer that's exactly why i'm giving you the mic i don't know the answer i don't know the answer i'm fine i'm fine all right i am a human being i could be boasting you know who i am I'm a human being. I'm the best thing on the planet. But if I say innama ana bashar, innama ana bashar as the prophet said, innama ana bashar, that means something different. It means I am only a human being. Not that I'm a human yet, I'm a human being, but I am only a human being. I'm just like you. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. I'm only a human being. I'm not special. 
I'm not. Oh, he got it. Okay. I'm not an angel. Aha! Allahu Akbar. High five, high five. See, you see, the Prophet, peace and blessing be upon him, said, I am only a human being. I'm not divine. I'm not Allah. I'm not an angel. I am but a human being. And the Prophet, peace and blessing be upon him, said that because Allah ordered him to say that. Say, Muhammad, tell the people, I am only a human being just like you. All the prophets were given the same commandment. They're not angels. They're not Allah. They're not the Lord. They're not to be worshipped. They're only human beings. I want to say something about us as human beings. The prophet, peace and blessing be upon him, said, Anas kulluhum benu Adam adam min turab. And mankind, all of them are the children of Adam. And Adam was created from the dust. Who are we, human beings? We're very complex. On the one hand, Allah said, bani Adam. I have honored the children of Adam. We as human beings, we're honored by Allah. Honored so much that Allah ordered every angel to bow down to the first man. Did every angel bow down? No. No, no, no. I asked the question, did every angel bow down to Allah? Okay, now you're good. How about the angel of death? Did he bow down? How about Jibril, Mikael? Every angel bow down to Adam because Allah ordered them to do it and they did because human beings are special and Allah has given them great honor then Allah says alam taraw anna Allah sakara lakum ma fi samawati wa ma fi al-ard don't you see Allah has subjected everything everything to this man so you're special But there's a problem. Allah gave to this man free will so he can commit sin. Is there anyone here other than Naeem and Dr. Ayman? Is there anyone here besides those two who have never committed any sin? What? What I say? <laughs> what I do? I, I do nothing. I, I do nothing. Anybody here without sin? No. You know why? Because we are human beings. I was teaching a class once and um, I gave a hadith. One of the students, he's a um, principal of a public school. And I gave this hadith, which I'm going to give now if you permit me to. She said to me, Imam Saraj, that is a very dangerous hadith that you just gave. Dangerous. You want me to give it to you? Or don't do it? 
Bismillah, go for it. Remember, you told me to say it. All right. Listen to what the Prophet says, eye-opening hadith. I swear by Allah, in whose hand my life is, if you had never committed sin, Allah would have removed you, got rid of you, and brought people who would sin, so that Allah would ask, they would ask Allah for forgiveness, and Allah would forgive them. You hear what I you you hear what I just said? You mean Allah wants us to commit sin? No. Allah created us and He knew how He created us. We are sinful. All of the children of Adam are sinful. He know it. That's the way He created us. But Alhamdulillah, He is forgiven and merciful. You better know Allah is strong in punishment on the one hand, but on the other hand, He's forgiven and merciful. That's why we need someone like the Prophet Muhammad. How many minutes I got left? How many do you want? Yeah, you know. Okay. So, I want to do three things. Number one, I want you to know something about this Prophet Muhammad Know something about yourself. And then I want to finish with what do we get out of this conference? How does knowing about Prophet Muhammad how does it help me? In my life now, in my life in the hereafter. Saifi mentioned the ayah from Quran that Allah sent the Prophet only as a mercy to all of the worlds. Let me give you a couple of examples about him. If you know anything about the Prophet, peace and blessing be upon him, you know he was very uh, sensitive, very loving, very merciful. And he wasn't afraid to cry in front of his sahaba. I give you many examples, I give you one right now. Abu Hurairah anha said the Prophet والسلام, visited the Qabr Ummihi, the grave of his mother, فبكاه, and he began to cry. And therefore his crying made those with him cry. Can you imagine? The prophet started crying. Everybody started crying. Sensitive. Visiting the grave of his mother. He said, I asked Allah's permission to beg for mercy for my mother. Remember, his mother died. He was six years old. Now he's the messenger of Allah. All these years later, he go to visit the grave of his mother. And at the grave of his mother, he stopped crying. And then those around him started crying. So Allah didn't give me permission to make istighfar or to beg for forgiveness. So I asked Allah, can I visit her grave? Allah gave me permission. So he said, therefore, visit the graves because they remind you of death. 
How merciful was he? I'm going to give two examples. I try to do it quickly, and then I'll make my, my, uh, my, con my concluding remarks. Aisha radiallahu anha, Dr. Hisham, you mentioned in your talk about asking questions. The wife of the Prophet Aisha asked the Prophet a question that she probably, like us, thought she knew the answer. She said, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, Hal ata'alayka yawmun kanna ashadda min yawmun uhud. Has there ever come to you a day more difficult than uhud? I mean, no way. Sisters, can, can I talk to the brothers for one second? I'm going to talk about sports. You may not want to hear this. You want to hear this? You want to hear it? Don't. Yes? I can say it? Brothers, how many of you know about baseball? Okay, I'm paint this picture for you. You know about baseball? You, oh, you won the national title. Oh, forgive me. <laughs> Belated congratulations. You won the national title. Whoopie, whoopie, whoopie. So no, no, really, congratulations. You deserve it. And uh, so let me tell you this, right? It's the ninth inning. You're winning. Ten to nothing. Two outs, two strikes. All you need is one more strike, you win the game. You winning, 10 nothing. Two outs, last batter, two strikes. All you need to do, throw one more strike, you win. How would you feel if you lost that game after being ahead 10 nothing? How would you feel? Devastated? That was Uhud. Victory was right there. But because some disobeyed the commandment of the Messenger of Allah, والسلام, that victory was lost. Dr. Said, you can help me, but I read somewhere maybe uh, 85, 87 Sahaba lost their lives. How many? 70. Okay, they, they, have, they have different narrations. Among them, Hamza, the beloved uncle of the Prophet, the Prophet got wounded. Devastating loss. And so you think, man, that, what, can be, what can be worse than Uhud? But yet there was something more he mentioned. He went to give da'wah to the people of Taif. And they treated him so badly, ran him out. And he was, uh, um, what's that word? Um, uh, I mean, dejected. Um, uh, there's a word I'm looking for. Uh, but feel really bad. He looked up and behold, behold the angel Jibril. Must be something important. Here comes Jibril, والسلام, and said, Allah has heard what your people have said about you, said to you, and how they responded to you. So he has sent 
the angel of the mountain for you to order to do what you want. And then, behold, the angel of the mountain, he says to the Prophet, Assalamu alaikum. I am the angel of the mountains. Allah has sent me so that you may order me to pour down rocks, the mountains, on these people. Here's that moment now. You can get even. Payback. And the Prophet says, Bal no, Arju. I hope that among the loins of these people will come those who will worship Allah and not associate any with Him. He's not even talking about these people going to be good people. These people going to become Muslim. He went beyond them and said, maybe their offspring, maybe among them will come those who believe in Allah and worship Allah without associating any with Allah. But why was it a difficult day? Was it a difficult day because what they said about him? I don't think so. Because if that were the case, you could have stopped the hadith right there. This is what they did to me. I think, this is my opinion. Sheikh can, you know, in question and answer period, he can add something, take something away. Because that was the big test. Will you want to get revenge? You could have. Here's a divine decree now. Number one. Number two. Let me try to finish this up. Let's go to the Quran. In the ninth chapter, in the ninth chapter of the Quran, I think the 80th verse, Allah says this: "Istaghfiruhum, awlatastaghfiruhum, intastaghfiruhum sabain maratan, falain yaghfirullah lahum." Ask Allah's forgiveness for them, or do not ask Allah's forgiveness. Even if you ask. Allah's forgiveness 70 times, Allah would not forgive them. Now, if you know the Arabic construction, Allah is only speaking to one person. He's not talking to us, He's talking to the Prophet Muhammad, right? Don't one person, masculine, He's talking to the Prophet. Who, the who? The munafikun, the hypocrites. Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul, chief hypocrite, dies. And his son Abdullah comes to the Prophet, peace and blessing be upon him, and said, Ya Rasulullah, my father has died. Please, can I take your shirt to shroud my father on? And the Prophet gives him a shirt because that's the way he is. Masu'ila Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi The Prophet said, no, never said no. When people ask him, he never said no. So he gave him his shirt and he shrouded his father. And then... His son said, could you lead Salatu Janazah over my father? The verse is there. Even if you ask forgiveness 70 times, Allah is not going to forgive them. The verse is there. He's a hypocrite. The prophet wasn't unsure. He knows he's a hypocrite. So he stands up. Stand up for a second, brother. I got to ask you a question. I'm going to do something to you. I need, I need to know something. Do you know martial arts? 
A little. A little. So if someone hits you, you know how to fall? No. No. <laughs> I'm not talking to you no more. So let me tell you what happened, right? So the prophet gets up to lead Salat over a known hypocrite. The verse is there. So Umar radiallahu Umar grabs the thobe of the Prophet. Ya Rasulullah, you're going to pray over him when Allah prohibited you from praying over the hypocrite. You see, that wasn't bad, right? No. <laughs> Good. You know what the Prophet said? No, he, Umar went, he went to the Quran. You know what the prophet said? Ya Umar, Allah has given me a choice. And he read the verse. Istaghfiruhum, Allah istaghfiruhum. Give me a choice. And Umar's going back and forth and arguing. So the prophet leads the salat to Janazah. Then Allah reveals the ayat never to pray over them nor even stand at their grave. Was the prophet wrong? Of course not. He was given a choice. He even said to Umar and others, I will ask more than 70 times. I will ask 70 and 70 and 70 because this is the way he is. This is how merciful he is. And I'm asking myself the question, gee, why did the prophet do that? Until I found a tafsir in Tabari, and uh, Kutubi. Someone asked the Prophet to leave Salat. Why did you make Janazah uh, Salat over him? He said, Neither my shirt nor my prayer will do anything for him on Yom Al Qiyamah. But I hope by me doing that, 1,000 people from his tribe will become sincere Muslims. And that's what happened. Sometimes you got to look beyond the time. You got to look beyond the person in front of you. So the prophet, peace and blessing be upon him, his, his mercy is, you know, abounding. Finally, in my conclusion, the prophet's mercy, what, what do we do with that? Merely, oh, the prophet was so merciful, the prophet was so, oh, the prophet was so merciful. I think that's part of it. But part of it is this. He's there for us to imitate. I'm going to give you two examples of what happened to me personally. A couple of years ago, I was at Newark Airport. And I was standing outside, and I was at the wrong terminal. So I'm standing outside, and a car comes. He rolls down the window and says, do you need help? I said, yes, I'm going to such and such terminal. He says, get in the car, I'll help you. He didn't look like a Muslim. He wasn't dressed like a Muslim. I don't think he had a beard. He didn't have a kufi. He didn't have a uh, uh, jalabiya. He didn't, none of that, uh, 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 kameez, anything. And he said to me, assalamu alaikum. I said, wa alaikum salam. Did I do the right thing, giving them salams? Haku muslimi ala muslim khams, radu salam, returned the salams. 
Someone asked the Prophet wasalam, uh, He said, Are you Islam khair? What Islam is the best? He said, Tut'i mut'am. Give feed the poor. And taqru salam. Alam man arafta wa man lam ta'rif. And we give the salams to those whom you know and those whom you don't know. So he gives me the salam. I give him the salam. I get in the car and he says to me, he don't know who I am. He doesn't know Imam Siraj Wahaj. He doesn't know that. But he's a Muslim, a strange Muslim. He never met. He said, I want you to do me a favor. He said, I'm from Saudi Arabia. And me and my wife been married for years and never had children. Please, can you make dua to Allah that we will have children? And you know something about me, brothers and sisters? One thing about me, if you ask me to make dua, I'm going to make dua. Two weeks straight, every day, I begged Allah to help that man and his wife have a baby. I probably would never know. If they walked up in front of me right now, I probably wouldn't recognize who he was. I have no way of knowing, but I know Allah said, Your Lord said, call upon me and I will answer. So I, Allah, as if that's my own family, as if it's my own brother or my son or my father, somebody, I don't even know him, a complete stranger, yet I prayed for him two weeks solid every day. So, two months ago, I'm in the, um, uh, um, what's the name of that? Memphis, Tennessee. A brother comes next to me, his name is Ahmed. He said, Imam Siraj, I heard that talk that you gave about the man from Saudi Arabia. And me and my wife was in the same condition. And he said, uh, about a year ago, he asked me to make dua for him and his wife. I did the same thing. He said, Imam, three uh, months after your dua, my wife conceived. And she had a baby. The baby now is three months and put the baby in my arms. I just did what we do. It's my brother. Al-Muslimu akhu Muslim. Midwa. Last thing, I'm in Virginia, maybe five years ago, we did a program. And a program we just finished, and we're about to eat dinner. A brother came to me, said, Imam Siraj, there's a brother in the hospital. Can you make dua for him? I said, yeah, I can. But what hospital is he in? He said, ain't that far from here. I said, let's go. How could Muslim Allah comes? Visit the sick. Part of what we do. That's his right. That's his right. It's his right that we come visit him. I went with him to go visit him. And he said, when we got to his room, he said, guess what? Imam Siraj is here. He said, no, he's not. He said, yeah, yeah, he is. He said, stop playing with me, man. I said to him, Assalamu alaikum. If you could have seen his face, you could. He could see his face. Imam Saraz came to visit him in the hospital. What am I saying? The mercy of the Prophet, peace and blessing be upon him, has to rub off to us. We have to be the same way to one another.
I'm amazed. I, 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 I go, listen, I'm not like you young guys, young guys like you. I'm not like you young guys, man. I'm not a social media guy. I'm not. Dr. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm letting you know. I'm not a social media guy. But every once in a while, I hear about Muslims trashing some Muslim scholar or some Muslim politician or talking about them. Really? Really? I close as I walk out. I close with this. The Prophet, peace and blessing be upon him, said, Men satara muslimin, satarhu allahu fidunya wal akhira. Whoever covers the fault of a Muslim, Allah will cover their fault in this life and in the hereafter. Fast forward, Yom al Qiyamah. Allah is about to make a judgment. And he calls a Muslim. All the world, all, everybody, human beings and angels, everybody is there. And Allah is going to question this man for judgment like he's going to question every one of us. But before he questions him, Allah covers him. So nobody can hear in the universe except him and Allah. And Allah will ask the question. Do you remember on such and such a day you committed such and such sin? He will say yes. Do you remember on such and such a day you, you did this sin? He said yes. Do you remember on this day? Do you remember on this day? Do you remember on this day? And then the man would think, I'm doomed, I'm finished. And Allah will say, I covered it for you in the, in the dunya. I forgive you today. But when he brings the disbeliever and judge him, he judge him in front of everybody and then is condemned. I say to you, brothers and sisters, our prophet, peace and blessing be upon him, indeed is a great example for us. Let us not just talk about him. Let us follow his noble example. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.